You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Setting yourself up to see something good today. <laughs> Incredible job of explaining that, Sarah. That's it's really important. We don't ever want there to be misconceptions, or we all came from different church cultures, and there's lots of stuff that's done and that's just not kingdom, and we, we're not interested in any of that stuff. And, you know, that's, I mean, even when y'all celebrated us on Pastor Appreciation, I don't know if I've ever felt as uncomfortable in my life. Um, and there's a few few reasons why you can feel uncomfortable in those situations. You can feel uncomfortable because you don't believe you're worth it. You know, when somebody gives you money and you try your your, your best to, to reject that or you, you know what I mean, you're like, oh, no, you don't have to do that or something along those lines. It, it could be, maybe not always, but it could be because you don't feel like you're worth that numerical value that somebody's trying to bless you with, which is a deeper heart issue of 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 not believing we're worth what Jesus paid for us, which is the foundation of what our value is rooted in. Jesus released our value at the cross, on the cross, and he said, this is what all of humanity is worth. He's, you know, the Father was saying through Jesus, you're worth my son. There's no numerical value that can, that can add up to that. We all, we all know that, right? That's that, that's so when somebody's honoring you and you feel uncomfortable, that could be one reason why. And then another reason of, of why I felt uncomfortable when pastor appreciation is just because I'm not interested in that. You know, we're not as a team, we're interested in, in, we don't want you to think that we're having you honor us to benefit us. We're, we're, we're teaching honor and cultivating a culture of honor. We've been doing this for for, for six years, and we, we learned it from Bethel, and they started doing it because um, Bill Johnson's dad was, I mean, he just demonstrated it. They didn't even have language for it then. They just did it because it was kingdom. It, it wasn't. And so we want, we've been cultivating this and creating this so that we live in it on a daily basis, and we, we add the value to each person that is around us and each person we come in contact with on a daily basis because everybody's worth what Jesus paid at the cross. There's a difference between deserving and worth it, you know, and I may not be deserving of it in, in the sense of what we all know what we technically deserve, right? If we were left to ourselves and Jesus wouldn't have paid the price. But the good news is, is that he did. <laughs> and because of that, I don't have to focus on what I don't deserve. I get to focus on what I am worth. And so by doing it in here, I'm, I'm setting myself up to do it out there. That's what, where it's most important. It's not to put the man or woman of God on a pedestal because that's honestly the fivefold ministry gifts are to be the greatest servants in the church. Well, that's what it's about. It's about laying down, being a bridge into the heart of the Father so others can become everything that He created them to be. That's what it's about. That's what we're, that's what we're cultivating. And that's, that's why we... I mean, it's a small gesture that is to create a, a, a culture on the inside of every individual that we get to train and equip because whatever culture I carry is the culture I will create around me. 
And if I wonder what culture I have on the inside of me, I could look around my house. And then I find out what culture am I carrying. It's a good indicator of the culture that I have in me. And those things point me to a greater reality. If they convict me because the culture around me isn't kingdom, then that's a good thing. And I celebrate that. And I said, Jesus, what are, we, you know, what are you inviting me into? What's the truth? What's the, that I need to believe right now? What's the heavenly reality that you're inviting me into so that this culture that's around me can become more of the culture that you want it to be, that you paid for it to be, that, that heaven has right now? that I, I have access to on a daily basis? How can I carry heaven's culture in me so that it's created around me in every sphere of influence that I go into, every store that I go into, every place that I'm at, my workplace, my school? That atmosphere comes with me. We're thermostats, not thermometers. That means we don't take the temperature, or in other words, I don't respond to the culture that's around me. I'm not to live in reaction to that particular culture, this is a good time to talk about that, right? I feel like the altar probably should be open for the way that we have acted and, re and re reacted during this whole presidential election. It's just not kingdom, you know? I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, and I promise I'll get to some better news here in a moment, but it's, it's the reality of the situation is that when I allow something externally to act, cause me to act outside of my identity, I am just reacting to the world's culture and reflecting the world's culture. And that's not who we are. It's not, it's not my nature. It's not what's on the inside of me. It's truly, it's not the image bearer that I am. It's not the likeness of God that, because when I allow something like that that's political or anything else to cause me to be nasty and gossip and slander and be mean to people... I mean, come on, that's outside the nature of love. I've come outside of the law of love. I love what Bill Johnson says, that I have to actually step outside of my new nature to criticize one of God's creation. And that doesn't matter what political party they are. If you wonder what I stand for personally as a pastor, I, I am pro-Jesus. Which means that I am pro-life because he releases life in it more abundantly. Maybe not pro-life in the way that you look at it or the way that you politically categorize it. I mean, I'm for life and it more abundantly. Anything that causes death, I'm opposed. Anything that destroys people or keeps them outside of their true identity, I oppose. Anything that is outside of the nature of love, I oppose. Because it's who I was created to be. We are the ones who are to bring change to the culture in our nation. When I have looked to a political position or an office to bring change in my nation, I have, I have pushed away the responsibility that I have as a son of God to enforce the victory that Jesus won. Come on. I know I'm preaching to the choir in this message. I realize that. I know this isn't anything that I plan to talk about, but it is heavy on my heart. It's heavy on my heart, and, and, and it's, it's, it's part of, of the reason that, that Jesus came, and he said when he got in the boat, and he said, beware of the, leaven of, 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 of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Beware of the, the leaven of the political system and of the religious system. You can get caught up in either one and both destroy people. Both hurt people, both separate people, both cause people to act so, outside of love. And so beware of those things because when a little bit gets in, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. 
The good news is, is when a little kingdom gets in, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, right? And there's a little kingdom. There's a lot of kingdom that's working in, in different areas, in, in the political system, in other areas. And all, all seven spheres of influence or mountains of influence, whatever you want to call them, there is kingdom that is at work because there's king's kids that are there. And so when we step outside of our nature, it is, it is course correction time. Is I need to go back to the person of Jesus and say, what was I created, how was I created to operate according to the example that Jesus set for me? It's a little thing like honor that begins to create a culture in me that demonstrates what the Father looks like to people around us. I walked into a this is, I promise this isn't the beginning of a bad joke, but I walked into a psychic place a couple of days ago. I'm positive. <laughs> I walked into a psychic place, and, and um, I'll leave it unnamed in, in the location of it and all that, because I'm not interested in, in telling you about it and then telling you where it's at, because... Some of us just aren't, aren't made to go in those places, and that's okay. But I, I, I love to go into to places like that and show them a representation of what love looks like. And I walked into this place, and I found out that it wasn't quite as new age as some of the places. Uh, actually, all the rest of the places that I had been in, um, they dabble in a whole lot of other things that are, are more, we would deem more darkness. Um, in witchcraft and voodoo and, and seances and, and other things like that. And so it, it took me a few moments because I'm not great attention to detail at times. I, I pay attention to my surroundings enough, but in those moments, I'm more focused on, on what's happening, you know, in me and making sure that I am keeping my love on towards the people that are around me and I have the right motivation. You only go in there if you're compelled by love. Now, you can go in there and not be compelled by love. God can probably bring about results. Um, but where I have no love, I have no authority, right? And so I'm not just looking for results. I'm looking to release love into a situation. And so I'm not, I'm not afraid, you know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not afraid. I didn't, I didn't call the prayer team. I didn't, you know what I mean? I used to, I, I used to do that. For, I, I'm all in, in for the intercessory prayer stuff. It's, it's important, but I realize at the same time uh, is that he's with me, Right? He's with me all the time. I was going to do it one time before outreach. I'm like, hey, I think we should call these people. We're going to go into these other New Age places. And, and the Holy Spirit spoke clearly to me. And he said, why don't you just trust me? I'm with you. I'm like, okay. So I'm not saying there's not situations where you have people pray for you, go into. But if you're afraid, just don't go anyway. You know, wait, wait until you work those things out and realize that perfect love drives out fear. Being nervous and afraid are two different things. I was, I was a little bit nervous. The place was really small, right? And so the place was, for them, packed, full of people. And then I began to pay attention to the, the as I was struck up a conversation with the lady behind the desk, and I'm asking her, I'm using their language and asking if they operate in healing, and you know, I'm asking if they do certain types of healing. I'm just trying to feel them out to see where, see where they're at. And uh, she begins to explain to me the things that they do, some of the things I just mentioned, and I'm like, whoa, this isn't your average New age place, and then I, I began to look around, and I noticed the, the pentagram that she was wearing, and I, and I noticed some other things that were around that I didn't see before, and I'm like, oh, okay, now I have a better feel for what's, what's going on here, and um, so I asked her, I'm like, hey, do you have, uh, you got pain in your back right now, 
And she's like, yeah, I got pain in my back all the time. I'm like, down here, right, lower side, you know. Um, and she's like, yeah, it's down here. It's between, you know, the L1 and, and L5. And I'm like, would it be okay for you if, if I prayed for you for healing? No strings attached. You know, this is just, uh, you know, I just want to see you healed. And she's like, well, I don't really believe in that type of thing. I didn't know that she'd already pegged me for a Christian. And uh, I had done my best to, to be incognito and... But, and I'll, I'll tell you how they, the, how they pegged me in, in a moment. And so um, she's like, I really don't believe in that type of thing. But if you want to pray for me, you can. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. Um, you know, have you sit in that chair. I'm going to hold your legs up. If I'm right, one of yours is shorter than the other. And then I'm going to pray for you and your pain is going to leave. And uh, she's like, okay, whatever. So she's behind the counter. There's an L-shaped counter. And um, she's come out from the side of it. And by me kneeling down... Uh, Partially behind the counter, partially not. I am in the center of the store where other people, there's a psychic reading that's going on 10 feet this way. Um, there's people that are buying candles for I don't know what. And um, it, it, some kind of a voodoo type stuff they're into and a uh, different kind of religion that comes from, from uh Louisiana, and so spirit taking on spirits, and there's, there's just so there's a lot of chaos that's going on around me, and so in those moments, my responsibility is focus in on this person that's in, in front of me and tune out all of that's going on around me. And for some of you, that seems impossible, but I get in a zone. You know, I did it in sport. People, you know, in sports, it was just I'm kind of wired that way. You know, like the, you're like you don't. You know, when I was younger, they're like you don't hear people yelling on the sideline. I'm like I don't hear anything when I'm out there. Like, it's just tunnel vision, and so that's actually been very beneficial for me in, in situations like this. In other situations, it's probably not done so great for me. But, but you take the good with the bad and just correct the other. And, and so I, I, I kneel down there, and I'm, I'll just be honest and vulnerable. I'm nervous. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the atmosphere. And uh, so, and it's, you know, I'm... Like, I feel like I'm on the spot. There's all this stuff around me, and, and so I feel the nervous energy type, and I'm okay with that because I'm nervous most every time I get ready to get up and speak, no matter where I'm at. I just, it's the way I am. I just have that. And so we pray, and I invite the spirit of love to come and, and the spirit of peace to come, and which are all Holy Spirit if you're nervous about that. And um, it's just a different language. Don't get caught up on the language, right? Just get caught up in him. And so we, I invite, and, and I do it all, and I say, you know, let grow, pain leave in Jesus' name. And just real quick, you know, 30 seconds, put her feet down, have her stand up, and she's like, she, you know, leans. She, she's got some customers, and before her customers, uh, are, I, I didn't know it. They're waiting for me to get done. There's three people in the line getting ready to buy some stuff, and they're waiting because she's the lady that's working the register. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, so I try to make it quick in those situations. I made sure I wasn't going to get her in trouble. I'm honoring the place. She'd only been working there like a week. <laughs> and, and, and so she, lean, she, you know, she leans forward on the counter, and she's like, yeah. It's, she said, actually, you know, like she was surprised. Actually, my pain really is, it's, it's gone. Oh, there's just a, this little twinge. That's it. And I'm like, that's amazing, you know, and she gets busy and her husband is behind me and he engages me in conversation. And we talk for about the next 30 or, or so minutes. And I find out that her and her husband both had grown up in the church. 
and they'd seen manipulation, they'd seen control, they'd seen a lack of love, and so they went, they went a, lo- a long way left from their current situation uh, or from their upbringing. And so I, I'm not pointing at people for, for their poor choice. But I do want to bring out this, this one point from this. Here are the, these people that I've walked into this, what you all would deem a very dark situation. I just look at it as an opportunity. And, and I love to, to go in those places, and, and I'll tell you why. It's the same reason I told them. I said, I just came in here. I just sat there and listened to him for one. I could have argued about how these, you know, all your gods bow to my God, and I could have, you know, told, told him he was wrong and all the things that he believed. And in those moments, I'm, I'm grateful for Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me just to, you know, even a fool seems wise when you keep your mouth shut. And so I just, I just sat there and, and shut up and listened to him intently, engaged him trying not to be distracted by the things that are going on around me. And I really wanted to pay attention because I really wanted him to see that I cared about him and that I love him. And, and so those next few moments we, we got to spend together, he says, it's really refreshing just to be able to talk to somebody about this. And, and he in a roundabout way said, and, and be able to listen to somebody that was, seems to be open-minded, that seems to just, just will listen to me, to have he had not had a conversation, to my knowledge, with a Christian about these particular things without it turning into an argument. And I let him and his wife was done, and she starts to engage me, and they're telling me, you know, both of them together are telling me the things that they had grew up in, the things that they'd walked through, some of their beliefs now, which were, you know, here and there, they were a combination of things. I don't think they'd settled on any one thing other, other than the fact that they didn't think God was who he said he was. And so I let them know in, in that moment, I said, the only reason I'm in here is because I love you. The only reason I'm, I'm, and I said, I'm sorry that the church has misrepresented to you what love looks like. I'm sorry for you being shown something other than the example that Jesus set. I said, I feel like our responsibility in this city is to correct the representation of who the Father is, that he's good and that he loves, he loves people. That's, that is, if you wonder what we're about, that's the foundation of everything that we believe, is that God's good, He's a good Father, He's in a good mood, and He loves people. He does all that while taking serious issues seriously, right? He, he, does, he does it all at one time. He's, he's joyful and serious at the same time. He never loses, He doesn't have to leave His place of joy to be serious. He's, he's all at the same time, Right? I'm not saying he's laughing and crying at the same time. I'm not saying he can't. I believe that he can because I know I have several times. <laughs> it looks like I'm on an emotional roller coaster. It's just, the, you know, it's just the, those things hit you sometimes all at once, and you're like, I don't even know what to do. I'm just going to do both, right? <laughs> like laugh and cry. I'm not sad. It's just, you know, the presence of God. I'm weeping at his holiness, and at the same time, fullness of joy is in his presence. I'm just like, we'll just get it all in at once, right? <laughs> so I believe our, our responsibility is to clean up his reputation by being representations of, of him. Now, let me get to, to some Bible. I know I've talked for about 20 minutes without any Bible. But let me uh, read two scriptures to you out of the Passion Translation. And I had every intention of, of talking to you about, about joy today. And I believe that we'll get there here in just a moment. 
Um, but I, I really, when I, when I walked into that situation, I'm going to read out of 1 uh, John uh, 4, verses 16 and 17 out of the Passion Translation. It's good in all translations, but I'm going to read it out of the Passion. But when I walked out of that, that situation, you know, there's an, the old me that would have uh, I fall or err on the side of, uh, I'm right and you're wrong. And it's all about whether, you know, you get this, you ever got this attitude, you're like, well, there, I, I, let me talk to myself about how wrong they really are. And, and let me make up all of these. <laughs> when you leave the conversation, you have all these things that go through your mind of why you're right and why they're wrong. You got all these arguments you put together. These, If I see them again, I'll tell them how wrong they are. I just, I can't believe that they're in darkness. I can't believe that they'd come out of the church and go into that place. I can't. You know, you start to get on this high horse that is not not kingdom, and you're in, and you've left the the topic of love, right? I've I've been there. Oh my gosh, so many times. I, it's it's embarrassing to admit, but it's true. I, I've I've walked out of situations and been like that, and I'm grateful for for people that have set an example and the people that are here that are teaching within our our leadership. Uh, that are building a foundation through healthy theology of who the Father is and, and what's, really, what's really going on uh, and, and being a demonstration through the Bible of what love looks like um, and, and, and why we need to live that way, why it's vitally important. It's vitally important. We can't say it's more important now than it was you know, a decade ago. It's always been vitally important. It's, it, it, no matter what time period you pick, just because we live in it, we oftentimes think it's more, more important now than it was then. But it's just always important. And, and I walked out of that situation, and I, I, in my heart, I was just torn over the fact that, those, that, that, that is, that's happening. That's happening when we have full access to all, all that the Father is and has inside of us. That, that's happening to people. That they're going into a place of, of being in error, in darkness, in, in living in some area of torment. There's just no way to be in that, in that realm without being tormented. It's just absolutely impossible. Some of us have been there, we know. And so here are, are two people who were raised up in, in, in the church. And they end up in in that place that they're in right now. And so I'm just weeping over them in prayer. Like, I, I, and all I want to do is just keep going back and loving on them oh, without strings attached. My love has no conditions on it because the Father's love has no conditions on it. And it's taken me time to overhaul my thinking to come into agreement with that truth because we are conditioned and oftentimes, maybe not all of you, but I'd say the majority of us were raised in that when I love you, I get something in return. All right, when I do something good, I get something from you. Right? When I do something good, I get something from you. And that flows over into our relationships. And so then we come as adults and we expect if I do something good for you, you do something for me. And it comes into the kingdom with us. And then every time we are pray for somebody, minister to somebody, love on somebody, we're expecting them to do something. Pray my prayer, come to my church. Right? I'm not saying either one of those are bad things, but my expectation is when the water gets muddied. 
is that when I believe that love has strings attached to it, and when I tell them, every person that I pray for outside of this building, I say, I, wanna, I just want to see you healed, no strings attached. And what I'm saying right then is I'm being a demonstration of what, what the Father's love is. He's loving them, no strings attached. Right? Their transformation, their change, the conviction, all that stuff that's going to bring them out of darkness into light is above my pay grade. Right? Holy Spirit's a, he, he's, he's a master at doing those things. He doesn't need me, but I get to partner with him and be a representation of what love looks like. Because for too long, it's been about who's right and who's wrong. If you've been married for very long, you know that you can, you can be right and wrong. <laughs> you can be really right and so wrong at the same time. <laughs> Maybe more wrong than you were right. And it avails to nothing other than pride. Selfish pride. That's where that mentality comes from. Right? I'm right, you're wrong. Why do we need to be right or wrong? It appeals to our ego. Isn't it good news that Jesus has changed our ego to his? Isn't it good news that he's, he's bringing us out of that mentality of, of being right or wrong? And just, I love it that I'm in a room full of people who love, who love people like I'm talking about. I've watched you. The ones that I know personally and intimately, it's, it's because you, I've seen you in situations where people didn't know Jesus and you just love on them. Right? It's, it's beautiful. I love that. You, you encourage me um, with, with your faith and your demonstration. And I believe if there's anything in this world that we were created to be, it's to be a direct representation of the Father. I believe that that is the beginning and the end of all, all Christianity on earth. I believe that is on earth as it is in heaven. I believe it is me and you being a representation, an exact representation of what the Father looks like. Don't get all pressure, feeling pressure about it because there's no pressure involved. There's no pressure involved. He's removed all pressure by releasing grace to us to empower us. Let me read this scripture to you in verse John 4, 16 and 17. Change translations on me all by itself. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love He has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment. Because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Isn't that beautiful? Not as Jesus was when he was on the planet, but everything that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. I'm, I'd be thrilled just, just to be an exact representation of what Jesus was on the earth. Right? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, would, I, I would settle... <laughs> If you could call that settling, I would settle for that. But he said, everything that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Because who came into us to take up residence when we got born again by incorruptible seed? The Jesus pre-resurrection or Jesus post-resurrection? 
Come on. You know the answer, right? It's good. It's, it's the resurrected Jesus, the one who is God, who's the beginning, the end, the Alpha, Omega, the everything, right? All in one. The one who is love has taken up residence on the inside of us. So as he is, so are we in this world. Let me clarify. This is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we are God. I am saying we are exactly like him. Genesis 1, verse 26 through 28, God says, let us create man in our image, in our likeness. Through the fall of man, we lost the likeness, the looking like exteriorly, but never lost the image. All of mankind, all of creation was always created in the image of God. I personally believe that image was on the inside of us. We call it the gold. That, that we, never lost, we never lost the image, and because the first Adam had made a mistake, there was a second Adam that came. And I read not too many weeks ago in Joshua, and it's in Joshua 3.16, which could be a parallel to John 3.16. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I, I'm an advocate for it. And it says that they stepped into the Jordan, and the water piled up all the way back to Adam. Jesus figuratively stepped into, because you, you know what happened is that the priest had what? The Ark of the Covenant. <clears throat> because people wanted God in a box. And he says, I'll show you that I'm powerful in a box. But I'm way more powerful if you'll let me out of it. Right? And so, he, and so, so what was the Ark of the Covenant became a man. And he stepped into the Jordan. And it was like God was pointing through Jesus all the way back to Adam and said, this is how you were created to be. And then what was a promised land then as a location became a person now. And we, every one of us, got born again into the promise of Abraham. And that promise is all fulfilled within Jesus. And so we stepped into our promised land the moment that we said yes to Jesus. And then our new nature took up residence on the inside of us, which is love. And the only thing that stands in the way is my thinking and all of the memories and all of the things that I have in my mind that's of the old nature that needs to be renewed, right? It's the renewal of the mind. We have the mind of Christ, but yet I don't think 100% of the time with the mind of Christ because there's parts of my mind or neuropathways that are still from the old person. I'm completely new. Some of us will say, well, it's just not my nature to be loving. No, that's our experience, but not the Word of God. And so the, my experience can never trump the Word. People say the same, same things about joy. They say, well, I'm, not just, I'm just not a joyful person. That's our experience, but it's not the reality of the Word of God. And so those places in my mind where I believe that I'm still not Loving, or I'm not actually loved. So he created us to be in his image, right? Jesus comes and he shows us what the image of the Father looks like. He says, let me show you. You need, you need a demonstration. He's so loving, so kind, so good that he sends Jesus to show us exactly what the Father looks like. And he says, he's the firstborn, right? Firstborn from the dead. Come on, the tomb was... I don't have to tell you guys this, but, but it's, just, it's just fun to talk about because it's just a beautiful picture. The tomb was a womb, and Jesus comes through, and he becomes the firstborn from the dead of many brothers and sisters that will be just like him, 1 John four seventeen, 
And so that every one of us get to step into this new nature through being born again. And when we step into this new nature, there's, there's a metamorphosis that begins, the process begins at our born again, our conception, right? When we get born again by the Spirit of God, Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, we'll be transformed. Metamorpho or metamorphosis. But do you know that what happens in metamorphosis is that the caterpillar that becomes a butterfly, it actually turns completely to mush and its organs even dissolve. It dies. The caterpillar dies and out of the dead caterpillar, the DNA from that caterpillar began to change because of its environment. Remember the location, right? We come into the promised land. Our DNA changed when we came into the new location. And then the old person dissolved. The caterpillar dissolves, dies, and the butterfly comes out of the dead caterpillar. You know the only thing that remains from the caterpillar? Everything else dies except for the memories. It's the only thing that follows us into this new life in Christ is our memories. I still remember how I used to be. I still remember how I used to respond. I still remember how I acted in this situation. I still remember what I used to believe. I still remember all the lies that held me back in life. And so out of, out of that place, I have to renew my mind. Can God do it supernaturally? Absolutely. 100% can. But when I am expecting God to do it supernaturally and I am not getting practical and actually disciplining myself on a daily basis to renew my mind through the truth of the Word of God, all I've become is an irresponsible Christian. <laughs> it makes it feel better when I say it with a smile, doesn't it? Yes. Come on, it's, it's, it's the truth. And so I don't know about you, but for some years of Christianity, I just expected God to zap me. If God wants me to change or wants me to be like that or wants this stronghold or addiction or bad habit or whatever, he'll just take it from me. And I can just hear him now just yelling. He says, you're new. You're a new creation. On the inside of you is everything that you need. All you have to do is tap into you're born again nature. All you have to do is realize the resurrected Jesus is in you and begin to renew your mind with truths like, as he is, so am I in this world. And then your nature begins to change, or you actually begin to display the nature that's in you because your mind begins to change. He already figuratively zapped us through Jesus over 2,000 years ago. <laughs> and then he... Does it feel just to punch lies in the face, right? You're like, it's the biggest thing that stands in the way of us operating out of the full expression of love, our lies in our mind. Number one lies, well, I'm just, the, I'm, just not, I'm just not capable of loving. That's good. Just die to that <laughs> lie. And surrender and realize that you're right, you're right. In my strength, I can't love you well. I've tried. It's <sighs> if it wears you out to love somebody or wears on you to love somebody, it's because you're trying to love them out of your own strength. 
because it doesn't wear God out. He never gets tired, loses patience when trying to love somebody. Or when loving somebody. I'm sorry, not trying, but when loving somebody. There's no trying to love somebody with the Father because it's His natural state of being. He's unoffendable. So then, I should be too. But there, there are things that have to be retrained in my thinking so that the metamorphosis that began at conception or at the, the born-again state of when I came into Jesus, w- w- my thinking will, will be the natural state of actually who I am. Does that make sense? We have in us, I want to wrap up with, with reading you a passage out of John 17. We have in us every, everything, everything that we need to love just like Him and ultimately look just like Him. The only thing that stands in the way is our mind. That's it. Now, I realize that there are hurts and, and traumas and different things that people have to be healed of. But all that's available in Jesus. You and I are not victims of our circumstances or our situations. We may have been victimized, but we are not still victims. And so I have compassion on somebody who's been victimized or been abused or anything like that, but there's healing in Jesus, right? His love is healing and his love makes us whole. And so I'm not a, I'm not a victim to my, I've told, uh, some of you know my past. Like when you quit becoming, when you quit being a victim, you can defy the odds of the world. (laughs) And sometimes I just, I just laugh. When I go into dark places like I was talking about in that, you know, where they're, they're doing seances and voodoo and all kinds of stuff in there. And I, I, I feel, because I get to be sensitive to those, I feel the darkness. And I feel it try to press in on me. And you know what I do? I just, I laugh. I, I laugh because it already had its shot at me. They pegged me as a Christian because they both grew up in the church. What would you you do if you walked... I know this is a small detour, but I think it's one worth taking. Um, uh, What would you do if in that situation or or in any other situation, somebody that's a, a witch or warlock or Satanist or something like that, they come up and they actually uh, curse you. What would you do? Call every prayer team that you know, put it on Facebook, have everybody that you, you know pray for you. <laughs> Those all could be good things. I'm just trying to prove a point. I know most of you in this room probably wouldn't do that. You're not, afra- you're not afraid of, of the curse of, of, of a witch. Even though I, I have a funny story that I can't tell here uh, about somebody going door to door and getting cursed by a witch. But it's, it's not for today. <clears throat> Would you put more stock in the curse of a witch than you would the blessing of the Lord? Because we can all say how we'd respond in this moment to the curse, but 
when they were in front of you, what would be going through your mind? There would be, you know what I mean? There, would there be something that was attached to that? Would there be any faith in that particular thing? This is what I've started doing. I, I, I heard this message from Steve Backlund about this, and, and I thought to myself, I ought to put more stock in the blessing of a man or woman of God when they bless me. Because we get so accustomed to some, saying, somebody saying, God bless you, or I bless you in Jesus' name, or I release a blessing upon you, or, and, and it's not even a thought. All right? Which do I put more stock in? And so I began in faith to, be, to receive the blessing of the Lord. You know what it does is it helps retrain my mind of, what, of what's more powerful. Because a curse that, that's not well intended, it says in Proverbs, can't land on, on a particular person anyway. Don't put too much stock in, in the curse. <laughs> Don't put too much stock in, in the curse. The blessing is much more powerful. <clears throat> and so John 17 that I, I want to wrap up with, I just want to, I just want to read you the Bible. It's good, isn't it? I just want to read you the Bible. I'm going to read out of the NLT John 17, I'm going to start in verse 13. And, and my, whole, my whole goal, my whole goal in what I do on a daily basis is to, to one, be an example. Excuse me, it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm, I'm a flawless example by any means. But it does mean that I quickly, quickly clean up my mess if I, if I make a mistake. I quickly, I'm quick to apologize Quick to apologize, quick to forgive, quick to clean up my mess. If, I'm, if I make a mistake or it's something that's outside of my identity, outside of my new nature, I, I, I know what to do next. We're responsible adults, right? I remember when we first started this ministry and, and I was sitting with people in the home group and I, I told them this that might have seemed offensive at the time because I probably didn't say it as well as I will now. But I said, if, if you call me at 3 o'clock in the morning with a problem that took you six months to, to create a mess that you made, I, I, I'm not going to be able to help you. You call me back at 7 or 8, and then I'm going to ask this one question to you. What are you going to do about it? Because if I fix your problem for you, all I've done is disempower you as the powerful person that you are to clean up your own mess. Did you know that when your brain believes there's a solution, that it will search like a search engine for the solution until it's found? But if your brain believes there's not a solution, then it will stop. So if somebody always comes to your rescue and brings your solution, you'll always look to that person for your solution. Instead of looking to the one who is the solution... And allowing the empowerment of heaven to come upon us and realize that he created us to find solutions and all of them are in heaven. Come on. We're powerful people. That's good news, isn't it? So my, my one goal is to, to be an example of what the Father looks like and the other one is to, is to, to empower you to, to do the same thing. Because the Bible shows us this is what it's about. This is biblical truth. Biblical truth is that you and I were created with the nature of the Father, and the only thing that stands in the way is the, is the how much I engage in the, the mind renewal 
that Jesus has made available through the Spirit of God who leads us into all truth, right? Truth sets us free. I've been making declarations for years. The Spirit of God told me the other day, I, I felt like he said to me, you, you know, saying things out loud isn't what changes you. Meditating on those declarations is what changes you. So I say that truth that I need in that season. My choices on a daily basis are, are leaving a positive legacy for generations to come. My choices and beliefs are leaving a positive legacy for generations to come. That's one of my declarations right now. Your choices and beliefs are leaving a positive legacy for generations to come. I meditate on that. You know what it does? It empowers me. It shows me that my life matters on earth, as does yours. Every one of us are equally as important to the plan of God. That you're making a difference. Sometimes it's not visible. And sometimes it's not going to be visible in the magnitude that our lives will actually affect in the future. Because sometimes we're living and we'll impact those handful of people that, that will change the world in, in the next generation. All right, John 17. There's a whole lot of truth for you. I'm going to read verses 13 through 26, and then, and then we'll pray. I really don't believe that I need to preach this. It preaches itself. Aaron and I were talking the other day about how you could just stand up and just read the Bible, right? You really don't have to preach it sometimes. <laughs> you just stand up and read it, and you're like, amen. You know, that's what they did. They'd stand up and read the the scripture in the temple, because it said enough. But I love expository preaching. It's, it's beautiful. It paints a picture. Verse 13, John 17. This is out of NLT. Now I am coming to you. This is Jesus talking. I'm sure you all know this is the most intimate prayer and actually the goal of all of the Christian life. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them, talking about his disciples, in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. <laughs> I am praying not only for these disciples, but also, here we are, for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And they may be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. <clears throat> I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. <clears throat> I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want those whom you have given me to be where I am then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Verse 25, O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will 
be in them. If you will, stand with me. Regardless of what happens today or what happens tomorrow, what happens in the news cycle, or what happens in the political realm, regardless of what happens anywhere in this natural realm, the kingdom of God will continue to advance. It's an unstoppable force. <laughs> and remember, he's put us in a place of authority on the planet. Regardless of what happens to us or around us, our number one priority is to show people what he looks like. This is a house that that's what we do. I'm grateful that I get to be around people that that's what you do. You demonstrate what the Father looks like. Sometimes it comes through a prophetic word. Sometimes it comes through a hug. Sometimes it comes through a healing or a miracle in a psychic place. So, sometimes it, it comes through just listening ears. It comes in lots of different forms and facets. But it all looks like him. It all demonstrates his nature. It's who we are. He's put the full expression of love and the full expression of joy on the inside of his kids. And now we've become responsible sons and daughters that are changing our mind through the truth of the word of God so that we can, in greater ways, show the world what he looks like regardless of what happens. And so, Father, I thank you for a room full of people and people online that are engaging in the process uh, uh, the discipline daily of renewing our minds with the truth. I thank you that everything that held us back, uh, everything that we used to be, I thank you that it's crucified in Christ and that we've been made new, that we are completely new creations. Completely new. I thank you that as you are, so are we in this world. I thank you that our mind is catching up to that. I thank you that neuropathways that that were never supposed to be created are getting rose close signs on them, that they're dissolving and disintegrating in that metamorphosis process, and new neural pathways are being made uh, that line up with our new nature, that the mind of Christ is beginning to fully operate in our lives. I thank you that we get to be a full expression of what love looks like. I thank you that we are walking in this newness of life all at some level, and all are advancing to greater levels even in this moment. I feel like this new nature thing is, is, some, is bumping up against some old religious truths in the room and maybe even online. I feel like that it's bumping up against things that say this, this isn't. We're always going to be this way and I'm never going to be a full expression of what he looks like or a full expression of love. Uh, and I feel like the Father right now is actually reaching down and he's activating the truth that trumps that lesser truth and it's beginning even right in this moment to take its place. I feel like that there is some supernatural mind renewal that's happening in this moment. Yeah, I feel like that there is this, this newness of life mentality that is coming to the forefront of our minds and this old mentality that used to beat ourselves up over I can't, I can't get away from this thought. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, 
I'm just going to pray it out, okay? I won't talk it out. I'll, I'll pray it out. It may seem like I'm talking it out. But I feel like in the room there's, there's, there's church trauma or church PTSD that has taken place. Uh, and I'm not pointing at people that may have caused it. I'm pointing at, at the spirit of religion that caused it. And, and it causes uh, some of us in the room to feel like every time we do something bad, we need to beat ourselves up. Uh, we need to reject blessing because we deserve punishment. Um, it causes us to feel certain ways. Even some of us, I feel like it causes us to feel like somebody's always watching us in a real bad way, not like the Father is smiling at us and actually looking at us um, with love in His eyes uh, and looking at us because He's protecting us and because He's in love with us. And I feel like right now that that's being broken in the room. The, the PTSD, the trauma from, from religion is being broken right now. I even feel like that there's, yeah, just a wave of his presence that's washing through the brain stem in that place where trauma gets stored at the base of the skull. I feel like it's coming right now. It's washing that out of the way. I thank you, Father, right now for that being removed. I thank you for all the trauma that religion, uh, the spirit of religion and religion has caused. I thank you for being washed away in your love in this moment. I thank you for a room full of sons and daughters that are free to fully express what love looks like, to be full of joy, that they are worthy of blessing, they are worthy of being joyful. I thank you for a room full of people that will continue to be sensitive to the needs and the hurts of those around them, why they are maintaining their joy, because their joy destroys darkness everywhere that they go. It breaks the power of spirits that are trying to hold people captive, and it's actually releasing life and light everywhere they are at. I thank you for this right now, Dad. Thank you. Thank you for your perspective being cleared up in our region, our nation, and in our world through people that are in this room. <laughs> I thank you for us being able to display that you are good and that you are in a good mood. That you love your creation. That you're not mad at them. That mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. Thank you for this new wave of mind renewal, this revival of mind renewal that's taking place. It's causing us to get the privilege of serving all those that are around us, getting the privilege to apply the correct value to those that are around us. We'd no longer be afraid of the darkness, but that we'd find the darkness that we're called to and we'd run towards it. That our hearts would figuratively break over the lost and the people that are in those places that don't know you, that are blind to truth, and that we'd come in and we'd love them to life. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for truth injections in our minds. <laughs> Thank you for the, the truth injection that's bringing us greater hope and greater joy. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Yeah, all the, all the residue of, of that other stuff, of that old life, of that religion, of all the things that we used to do. I thank you. I thank you that love is washing the residue away. 
Love is washing the residue away. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're free. You're absolutely free. Sometimes you used to feel like you want to shout that you're free. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, you are absolutely 100% free from that old person, that old life, that old way of thinking. Thank you, Father, for a demonstration of what freedom looks like in love. Of freedom in love. Freedom in love. And I bless every person right now. I bless every one of you in the name of Jesus. It's the blessing of the Lord upon your life, upon your family, upon everything that God's called you to, upon your sphere of influence. And I declare over you right now that you will continue to be light at greater levels than ever before, that your love is increasing, that your natural state of being is going to come out in new ways even in the week ahead. And that you will no longer beat yourself up over the minor mistakes that you make. You won't major on minors, but you will focus in on where you are growing and correct the places that need to be corrected through the truth of his word and through looking at Jesus and the nature that he has and the demonstration that he is to us. And be reminded of this one vitally important truth that as he is, so are we in this world. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We worship you in this moment, Lord, for being good, for, keep, for, for continuing to get better and better because our thinking continues to grow and grow. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Our perspective is changing. Thank you. Thanks, Jesus. I'll tell you what a school I was in told me short but powerful tagline of their school and they say embrace the process <laughs> don't fight it it's not going to end it will continue until Jesus comes back we're just going to continue to grow whatever season we're in we were created to thrive we were created to demonstrate Him when we embrace the process. It just keeps on getting better. <laughs> I'm going to have the prayer team come for y'all that need prayer. We love you guys. We're so grateful that we get to be in this with you. I hope that that helps you in some way, shape, or form. Thanks, Sarah, for, for playing. Ooh. It's somehow the, the keys ease what God is doing in us, doesn't it? It feels like it makes it easier. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't hurt so bad now. <laughs> right. If she played faster, I'd talk faster. And so it's a good thing if she keeps it slow. It's, it's, <laughs> it's weird how your voice picks up on the rhythm of what's being played. <laughs> Oh, man. If you guys need prayer for anything, please don't hesitate to come up. If you don't, greet somebody that you don't know. Meet somebody new today. Tell them your name. Exchange, I don't know, whatever they're comfortable with. <laughs> Bless you guys that are online. We love you. Pray you all have an amazing week. 
Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.